0: Hello everyone and welcome to The Process Podcast. I'm Nicholas Lee and today I'm joined by Jared Daniel. He is a Calgary-born R&B artist and in my opinion, a cornerstone of our city's music scene and he is currently doing some really exciting things with the Residence Inn here down in uh, downtown Calgary. You may know him from his latest release, the Don't Worry About Me EP, with singles like Summer Baby, let You Go, and much, much more. Jared, thank you so much for joining me today, man. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Nick. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yeah, so, you know, as you know, I've been following your journey for a little while now. And, you know, I ran into this piece that you did with Canadian Beats where you shared a bit about your beginnings. Um, you had this project called Fireside. You know, I'm curious mm-hmm. about, you know, what exactly was Fireside? What made you want to start that project? And, you know, ultimately, how did that lead you into sharing your own music today?
1: That's well, funny you asked that. I've been thinking about Fireside uh, lately because it, it went from 2016 to 2019. Mm-hmm. So f- for three years, held a, a house concert um, every single month uh, in my house where I lived uh, with a couple other people in Boness. So that's essentially what it was. And um, I've been thinking about it lately because I've been thinking of maybe starting it back up now that you know I have music going a little bit more myself, kind of um, sew back into that community piece but every time I go to do it, I, something kind of gets in the way of launching it again because, um, I'm reminded about all the aspects that made it what it was mm-hmm. in that season. And sometimes it's tough to try to, you know, recreate a spirit or something that happened sure. again, you know, and, and you're reminded about all the things that made it what it was, mm-hmm. you know, you're just at someone's house and you, you come across this amazing concert that you would have never expected. Right. And, uh, yeah, so I've been thinking about it lately, and that's a very, very special season of life, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm.
0: So, like, I guess it was this, it was a showcase of artists and stuff like that. At that time, were you also sharing your own music, or were you just a facilitator of artists at that time?
1: Yeah, just a facilitator. I uh, I kind of joke about, like, I was just in the, in the closet, the music closet, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to come out so bad. And um, I would have artists, you know, they're touring through, you know, They have a larger concert, but then they also play the house show for Fireside, just to kind of tag it on. And um, so they, a lot of times would even stay at my place because we had a lot of rooms, like spare rooms and stuff like that. And so we'd be jamming after their concert, like late into the night. And then, you know, I'd be be playing as well, right? And showing them some of my stuff Mm -hmm. that I don't want to share in public. And a lot of these artists would just be so encouraging to be like, "Hey, like, why are you doing this? Like, why don't right. you do what we're doing? Mm-hmm. Like, why is this our show?" <laughs> you know, and I think enough encouragement like that um, from the community gave me the uh, the confidence to step out. Mm-hmm. You know, on a small scale at first. You know, at koi, uh, just performing open mics and stuff like that, and then kind of building from there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that, man. Yeah. You know, it reminds me a lot. Uh, Of my journey and you shared a bit of this before in a in an artist spotlight that you did with somebody named Eli Clark Where you said, you know You fell in love with music very early on in life and then there was some point in time where you know music was no longer a part of your life But then eventually later in life it found you again. I'm wondering like for you What do you think are the things that make us fall out of love of our passions as 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 younger people and? How has falling back in love with music enriched your life
1: I would say comparison is a big one you know um, mm. you think that an expression of music needs to look this way like you think of your favorite artist, and if I don't look and sound like that artist then why even try right um, so to answer your question like how it's enriched my life um, to dig into something that you know you're like that negative voice in your head is telling you you can't do is to um first of all assume a posture of like vulnerability, right? And um when you do that, I feel like you're just more childlike. And then if you're more childlike, you're digging a little bit more into your true identity, right, of who you actually mm-hmm. are. So, you know, for me to dig into my true identity of who I actually am, that definitely enriches my life for sure in so many ways.
0: Yeah, man, I think you know, it it was a similar journey for me as well, I guess, like, you know, I think at at a certain age, you just want to fit in and anything that kind of sets you apart from the crowd, you kind of want to hide because you just want to fit into this group or, or, Mm. or be a part of a community, but, and and it can be so scary to kind of step out of that and, and stand out. Yeah. You know, and that's definitely what you're doing now with your music, man. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a real fan of what you're doing. And I actually want to like dig more into your, uh, creative process. Um, You know, I think for a lot of artists, they, they struggle with this, you know, but I'm just wondering, like, who are your major musical influences and how do you balance allowing yourself as an artist to be influenced and inspired by other artists while also making sure that you maintain your own unique sound?
1: Yeah. Um, Hmm. That's a really good question. So yeah, the things that I really value within music is like vulnerability, authenticity, Mm. um, and, and yeah, like as, as you were talking there in that question, I, I was just thinking, you know, why, why do people like music? Like you said, in high school, it's like, a, Hey, I want to stand out. You know, I see other people doing these things to stand out. What do I have that's special about me so that I can stand out? Right. So then you're like, Oh music. I kind of like music. Let's use music to stand out, mm-hmm. you know? And I think just in a society that uses so many things for things, Right, it's not a pure way to approach music, um, and but we all do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like music can help me achieve this, this, and that. Right. But the music is not the end itself, and therefore, it's not a sustainable path you're on at all. Um, but for the element of music that you just like, you just get giddy about. Like you just enjoy it. Like you're singing in the shower, you're driving alone, song comes on, you're excited. Like that true, true spark inside of you. If that's guiding you, it's going to be super sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so, I think I'm really inspired by artists that I can tell are being motivated by that thing. Right. So, like, for whatever reason, like I, like I was, you know, born in the early '90s, <laughs> um, and there's so much music that just captured my heart so early on. Like, you know, my parents, so many brothers, right? We couldn't afford hockey, so okay, we had to play whatever was free. So basketball or right. football or whatever. So I'm in basketball. And um, even though I probably wanted to play hockey, but Mm -hmm. couldn't afford it. So now I'm playing basketball. So now Space Jam comes out. Now Space Jam, the album comes out. Well, now I'm introduced as a young white Canadian to D'Angelo and Monica and R. Kelly and, you know, um, some of these artists. And it's just funny how, like, the whole nature-nurture thing, sometimes it's just how life goes that introduces you to different types of music at a long, young, impressionable age. And so that era of kind of like you could say early 2000s R&B mm-hmm. um, really captured me like in that true childlike spot. Mm-hmm. And so artists these days that are trying to plug back into that sound, I know what they're doing and I, and I love it so much. It, it makes me, I guess, feel like a kid again or like <laughs> makes me feel so happy. Mm-hmm. So like, um, like Joyce Rice, for example, or um, Devin Morrison or um, even Larry June Mm. as a rapper or like these artists, they just, I feel like they're also plugging into that like childlike spot Mm. that really has my heart. Um, in terms of like vulnerability and just loving like someone's true heart and passion coming through their music. I really love Thames. Uh, she's a Nigerian artist, um, making some amazing music right now. Mm Um, and you can just feel the vulnerability and the passion coming out of her voice like it's not so polished and perfect right but it's you just feel it and same thing it's kind of like a sleeper but ty dollar sign mm. like love love him as like a male vocalist right and it's just whatever i mean whatever he's actually singing about you know i it's it's his life and things that he's dealing with but like how he sings it how he delivers that passion it really just captures me so these are some some artists doing some cool things right in my opinion yeah
0: No, I love that. I love that because, you know, it's not necessarily even a style that, that you're influenced by. It's more of an energy. It's, it's a Mm -hmm. level of expression. It's, it's authenticity itself. Right. And, and I just want to go back to what you said at the very beginning of that, which is, you know, you know, again, so many people in life, they look at what can they take from life. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. or take from your own gifts that you've been given, but like, You know, this is another saying that I have in my life, which is, you know, when you deny yourself your dreams, you deny the world your gifts, Mm -hmm. you know, and just, you know, like I said, I'm a huge fan of your music. I get so much from listening to it. And I do, I feel that authenticity and that vulnerability in your music. And if you were to have stayed in the music closet, like you were saying, like the world would never be able to be able to share in your gift, man. And that's why I Mm -hmm. really admire the journey you're going on, man. I really enjoy your music in that way. Um, Thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in the past, you've, you know, when I've when I've seen how you've described your music in the past, um, you know, there's this theme of a journey towards freedom. You know, I'm really fascinated about that. Like, um, why is that a theme that you try to explore with your music and what does freedom mean to you?
1: Yeah, just letting yourself be yourself and loving yourself mm-hmm. is a big key, I think, to freedom. Mm-hmm. You're free from comparison. You're free from you know, what you think about me and I'm also free, what free from what I think about me. Right. It's a beautiful spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Like a child, right? Like they don't care. Yeah. Like, you know, like about so many things that, you know, we're bogged down by as adults. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't, they don't know that they're not like everyone else or whatever. Like that whole, disenchantment hasn't happened right. yet um and that's that's freedom to me mm-hmm. like in a nutshell i could probably go on and on about it right but yeah
0: no i love that man and and i i myself i actually use that that analogy of the inner child a lot too yeah <laughs> like because that's at the essence of who we actually are like that's the core of who we are and then through life uh, and our experiences or the judgments that might uh, happen towards us we begin to collect these different agreements that aren't even ours in the first place, whether that's like, oh, singing isn't cool or this isn't that or whatever judgments you might have about yourself and like being Mm -hmm. able to return back to that childlike state where like, like you said, they don't care like, you know, there's no kid on this earth or a baby on this earth that's like learning how to walk. And every time they fall down, they're like, oh man, I suck at walking, man. Yeah. I'm such a terrible person and judging themselves. So
1: the
0: more we can tap into that, the more that we can be (laughs) sharing our gifts in the world. And and that's really what I'm trying to do uh, myself. And
1: I can see that. Yeah. (laughs) This is beautiful. Yeah. This is an amazing, amazing uh, adventure you're on with this podcast. And yeah, super again. Yes. So honored to be a part of it, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you being here, you know.
0: And and yeah, like, you know, when I listen to your music, you know, you're such a versatile artist, man. You know, like, you have so many different sounds and cadences throughout the different songs that you're making. Like, you do have, you know the ability to to kind of get into that new age r&b vibe with songs like let you go and i still and you do rock the old school vibe with the ballads like give it away which is my favorite song by you (laughs) um and yeah you also have this smooth upbeat type of sound as well with summer baby and all right you know what is your approach when it comes to experimenting with different sounds in your music and where does that come from is it because you're working with all these different producers or or what's that process like for you
1: yeah, it's a, it's a pretty simple process and it does stem I think even just from the questions that you're asking like that um path, that rational path of like what resonates with me. You know, um I think a lot of people say that like in art there is a lot that is, you know, borrowed or stolen. Mm. You know, I would say there's a lot that's just inspiring, right? You know, and and that's a lot of the times where I start, you know, like the artists and the music that's inspiring me right now. Um, I know that there's a little part of me within their song that they made. Mm. And so then I will will literally take a lot of this music and we'll have it be a starting spot for us to kind of go into our toolkit, you know, whether that's creating a melody just from guitar and then building around that or... Um, Creating, yeah, a chord progression, you know, on the keyboard or uh, through a sample or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, starting there, finding like the most bass level melody we can that makes us feel something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I mean, if, if we are talking about like my songwriting process, it's from there, it's just a uh, a lyrical melody that I'll come up with. Um, mm-hmm. That's a lot of the times like some sort of pidgin English, you know, right kind of vibe because it's like if you don't feel the lyrical melody in my opinion then Mm -hmm. like that has to say something first before the the english language is saying something yeah so once that is saying something then you you say something even deeper on top of that through the english language Mm -hmm. and then from there you build in and build on top of that um other elements of the beat and so that's i would say that's my formula for letting your music like be felt by people, right? Like, obviously it's this magical process where you're going through something in life and you share it musically. And then someone comes up to you after the show. And I'm like, wow, I was really going through the same thing. And like, mm-hmm. I really felt that. And I know that's sort of like a, a magical process that just, um, I would say like, you know, the Holy spirit, you know, yeah. is involved in. Um, but there's also a bit of a, a human formula to mm-hmm. that as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I love that process because, you know, when it does start from the melodies and it's just like, it's kind of like you're allowing yourself to be this vessel that yeah. the Holy Spirit or whatever you want to call it, whatever like you this creative force yeah. is working through you, right? Mm-hmm. And it comes from this authentic place because it's literally just cadences and melodies coming from you. And, and then the words emerge after, um, which is actually like very similar to my process as well. Obviously, I'm still like, In the musical closet man it's hard it's hard for me to share my own (laughs) thanks man i appreciate that but it it is it's hard for me to share my own music and and you know yeah you've touched on it already like you know the process of releasing your own original music is such a vulnerable thing you know like whether it's uh, music or anything you're creating once you put it out into the world you're putting it out there to be kind of like judged it's true and it's and it's a scary thing and especially with the type of music that you make man there's so much emotional content in it and you know especially for people in our generation you know i was born in the early 90s too (laughs) and and like you know men of our generation weren't encouraged to share our emotions let alone let alone like write a song about it no so (laughs) so i'm curious man like how did you find the courage to share these vulnerable aspects of yourself and and you know what was that journey been like for you man
1: yeah wow that's a cool question um you ask cool questions on this podcast <laughs> which is Thanks, very I try. refreshing I try. Like, I try. they're not so normal um makes me dig back a little bit into my past um you know i was playing sports i love sports i feel like it's like poetry in motion you know r&b and basketball are synonymous mm-hmm. <laughs> for example but um I was kind of in this like mono culture, you know, um, really wanting to excel in at the time football and um, living in this culture where I felt just trapped. Like I felt like there was somehow more of me that wanted to come out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but couldn't because of the pressures that were there. And um, it would still force its way out in little funny ways. Like I remember we'd be on like uh, the bus, like um going like traveling to play a a team um like we'd be on a bus out to vancouver or something like that and Mm -hmm. uh some of my teammates knew i I loved singing and stuff like that but like secretly and then i remember one teammate kind of like bugged me to grab the little like intercom microphone on the bus and sing some sort of like this is how we do It," (laughs) (laughs) like some sort of boy band like classic little thing yeah and then everyone's was just like getting wild on the bus. And so it was kind of like a funny thing that I could sing. Right. Like it was sort of like a little talent show, but just for fun, like n- nothing serious. So like my creativity would like find its way out um, in this, I would say, stuffy culture, stuffy environment, very male. Um, what's the word? Dominated. Sort of like macho or right. whatever the Canadian equivalent is to that. Um and yeah, I, th- I think a lot of closeted people, you know, mm-hmm. I think we're l- using this term like very literally right <laughs> now, but I no, literally yeah. can't think of a better way to yeah, say yeah, it. Yeah, right. Yeah, or like, they know, what we, they know what we mean. Man. They, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I know what you mean at least. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, and so it got to the point the boiling point where I was just like, I need something different and some stuff kind of difficult stuff for happening in my life where I was just like, like, wow, I need to switch it up. Like, um, you know, you, you mentioned like the Holy Spirit and that kind of realm that wasn't really on my radar at all at that time in my life. Mm -hmm. Definitely not nothing I I was thinking about. Um, but I just knew there was more. And so I needed to uh, explore that in some way. And someone suggested this school is kind of like a, it's Christian affiliated, but more so just, I think for young people to get out and break out of, um, like their regular life and the, I don't even know how to explain it. It was called YWAM. Anyways, I mm. went to this school. It was in Scotland. Showed up. Um, but I remember when I left, I was just like, Hey, I I'm just gonna leave. I was dating a girl at the time. I was I had like a, you know, um a starting quarterback position available to me. So I was mm. kind of like working towards that. Um and I was like, Wow, this is everything I want, you know, I've kind of achieved it. I, I feel like I got to the top of that pyramid I thought I wanted to climb. Right. And then realized that i didn't want it at all and i just kind of told my coach i'm like hey I'm um, i have to leave um i don't really know why and uh same with my girlfriend like i just left we didn't break up right then at that moment but a couple weeks into being over in scotland we ended up breaking breaking up just because i knew i had to totally do a 180 and shift the whole direction of my life like right. just end it all and the people that i met up with there there's like you know 10 other people in my class or something like that and they were all in the exact same place in life. Like this wasn't any religious Christian type thing. Right. This was just like a life thing. This is like human beings that wanted something different. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were all in the same place. And there's a lot of music there. You know, and it's just encouraged to just like you know, let your hair down right. and just sing and like dance. Mm-hmm. You know. And again, like as a man, it's like. Sing, dance, like lame. <laughs> you know, like hundred percent I feel that. Not cool, you know? And but then it's like you're you just get to this place you're like, I don't give a shit, mm-hmm. you know? And um it was just the most like liberating experience for me in my life. So that's that's like the the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. If that answers the question. No, I that I'm makes how of water my throat is so dry. Yeah,
0: we're gonna get you some water, Jared. Thank you so much. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much yeah, yeah, but you know, I really appreciate
0: you sharing that
1: Francis for the win.
0: Yes. Thank you Francis but um, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that man because I think that's something that a lot of men kind of struggle with um, just being able to express ourselves, but you know, there comes a point where holding in who you truly are is harder than facing your fear of being truly seen for who you are like, you know, because you know, you're you're kind of hiding. You know, like you can't. It, the only way you can express your music is if you make light of it, um, to make it a joke. And then, and then a huge part of that to help you break out of that is is community, is having a safe space of other people who are saying, "Hey, Jared, it's okay for you to dance or sing or express yourself in whichever way." Um, oh, about the whole jug, the whole jug. Clutch. We're staying hydrated. Thank you, man. Thank you, bro totally um so I think that's blessed man and that's super powerful and I and you know I think that's such a common thing in life sometimes we just you know like with you with the whole football thing right like sometimes you just chase something for the sake of chasing something sometimes you know we can get caught in this this race of just like I just want more it doesn't matter what it is I'm I'm on this path now I just want more of this or I want you know just yeah just more right but it might not even be what you want and it takes a lot of courage to kind of like look at your life and completely abandon that and then go into a totally different direction especially you know in this vulnerable uh you know aspect of life right
1: absolutely Mm
0: -hmm. um and yeah maybe this comes from you know your athletic background but like when i first met you was actually i don't remember which one it was but it was at an open jam and like,
1: oh, are they gonna say open gym or open jam? One, one of the two.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was an open jam, and for people who don't know what that is, it's like, it's it's a place where, you know, there's just musicians there. You can kind of just pick up a mic and you can sing whatever you want with this band, and mm. you know, maybe that has to do with the athlete in you. Like you're literally even at the level you're at, you're still going to these small things and getting these reps in with your performances, and mm. and you know, you're so busy all the time like even before this even before you came here you're creating content you're working on your music um you know where does that persistence and consistency in your craft come from
1: man i feel so inflated right now but in in a good way i'm like i'm like i'm the shit like i'm the man um wow it's like that mamba mentality rest in peace rest in peace yeah that was the other day um where the, where does that come from? I think yeah, I think you maybe touched on it for sure. Like I think I don't realize like how much that um that upbringing within sports kind of ended up filtering its way into my life. Um I always think that I'm not doing enough, you know? Right. Like I'm not working hard enough. Um it's like there's always more to go. But to hear from someone on the outside looking in that that I have a good work ethic. Mm. <laughs> It's like, I'll, I'll take that to the bank, you know, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think like where that actually comes from though.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll say this, man, like for me, like, uh, I train in martial arts and, and definitely just that athletic mindset carries on in everything in life, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but one thing that you said there that I really want to touch on actually is like, you know, sometimes we can be so judgmental of ourselves. Like our inner voices can be so Mm -hmm. critical. You know what yeah, I mean? Like it's true, especially on the journey you're going on where you have to be so vulnerable. Like what are some of the tools that you have to combat your inner voice, especially cause like, you know what, you're hard on yourself, but you're still doing it. It's not like you're yeah. letting that voice in your head stop you from chasing your dreams. So, mm-hmm. you know, how do you
1: tackle that? Yeah. I think just for people to do what terrifies them, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to put it, mm-hmm. put it simply like, um, as long as it terrifies you in a good way. But I think mostly it does, usually. Um, Because if you're doing what terrifies you, you're actively being in opposition to that voice. Right. Like, you're almost personifying that voice Mm -hmm. and then giving it the finger. Yes. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's that's what got me into music as well. Like, I was so... That was the one thing I was so terrified of. But if it terrifies you that much, there must be something in it that also could make you come alive the most Mm -hmm. you know if you face it and um yeah and that just takes vulnerability right
0: yeah that's a common thread that I've seen with the people that I've had the privilege of talking to through this project like you know Miko said this on the last episode which was you know when you feel that fear have you Sorry?
1: Miko, have you? No, 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 no. It was different Miko. He's, is, a, he's a world traveler. Awkward. Check out
0: episode five. Check out episode five. Episode five, five
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, damn, didn't do my homework.
0: Yeah, but he said, he said, um, you know, when you get that feeling of fear, those butterflies in your stomach, it probably means you're onto something good. Mm. And, and one thing that I really love about what you said was like, you know, taking that inner voice and realizing that that's not you. Like, mm-hmm. you're not your thoughts. You're the one observing your thoughts. Wow. You know what I mean? Hmm. And being able to, like, take that inner voice and, and separate that, that voice and, and say that's not you and be able to address that in whatever way I think is a powerful tool for sure. Um, another, another thing that, um, like, at least I use to deal with fear is, like, you know, biologically fear and excitement, the, the same chemicals are going on in your, in your body yeah like so it's really up to your mind it's up to mm. your mind to, to say like no nah, man i'm excited about this right you know turn that fear into excitement and and mm. use that as fuel towards your dream
1: yeah absolutely mm. hmm. a lot of cool little nuggets in here <laughs> yeah no it's true like even today as an example like we are at the socality house shooting a a tiny desk style show um and i'm like what am i gonna sing like what What should I perform? What should I say? Like all these things. Mm -hmm. And and again, the tape is rolling in your head of every tiny desk show you've ever seen and Mm -hmm. how you're not going to be anything close to that, (laughs) you know? 100%. And, uh, but at the same time, it's like, I think there's like a, a, there's a moment in life, maybe every day where you just got to go, go to battle, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think when people quote unquote go to battle, it's like you shut off a very large part of your brain. Right. And you just go. Mm Mm-hmm knowing that this is like what you need to be doing every single day as long as it's in the dire- in the direction that you believe in cuz there's going to be so many areas of your brain that are telling you to not do it mm-hmm. and telling you to run away and retreat but i think it's just just showing up and you know was it the, the best performance anyone's going to see on the internet ever right <laughs> probably not mm-hmm. but is it a thing and did it happen mm-hmm. yeah And is is it an example of maybe a step towards what I love? Right. Um, Yeah. Mm. You know.
0: I think that's such a common thing for creators because, you know, the reason why creative people begin to actually create is because they love the craft. Mm -hmm. You know, like you as a musician, for example, like you have these people you look up to in these tiny desks. And so you're comparing yourself to that. But like when you get started, you know, you're not gonna match up to your taste level, especially if you are a like an R and B head yeah. or like whatever that is, right? You're not gonna start off on that, and yeah, and to be able to like allow yourself to grow again, going back to that childlike state, like oh yeah, you you didn't walk your first try, well it's yeah. all good. You're gonna laugh and you're gonna pick yourself back up and you're gonna try again, right? And eventually mm-hmm. you're gonna walk. Yeah, and that that mindset's gonna help you a lot more than you know, just being overly critical of yourself all the time. And, and, yeah. I, and it goes back to what you said earlier of like, you know, well, is it even about everybody thinking how great your performance is or is it just about you sharing and expressing your gift? Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause there's going to be tons of people who, who get a lot from that. And you know what, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy the performance, man. Like, cause, cause you know what you're saying, that tiny desk setup, it reminds me of this other piece of content that I saw from you. It's uh, the market collective live concert that you did with Timothonius a local legend, you know, he's, he's <laughs> Absolutely. an incredible keyboard player. Yeah. Um, so shout out to him.
1: Shout out to Tim Atonius, yes. honestly. Yes.
0: Yes. Um, yeah. But with that performance, it was, it was really great, man, because I saw how, you know, playful and light that you guys were in that. And, you know, there's mm-hmm. even points where you're like cracking little jokes in the middle of, of your set and stuff. And I'm wondering, you know, what do you attribute that, that comfortability on the mic to?
1: I think again, it- it's like a big middle finger to that voice in your head. Yes. Like if you're there doing it, you're already given that one middle finger. Mm. If you're enjoying yourself while doing it, you're giving it the other middle <laughs> finger too.
0: 100%. I love that. You know what
1: I mean? And, mm-hmm. and the more you can bury that lie deep, deep down where it belongs, it's like you're participating in, in I would say a, a reality in a world that's more real than... Than this one that sometimes is always stealing our joy. Right. You know? So that's why I do it. Am Mm -hmm. I comfortable up there? No. Am I terrified? Yes. Does it look like I'm comfortable? Yes. Does it look (laughs) like I'm not terrified? Yes. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's like, it's survival. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm up there. It's light. I'm cracking jokes. But I'm like, what's the alternative? Right. Like just death you know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Man,
0: dude, that's so encouraging for me because like, you know, a lot of the time I think you, you can observe people and you can just assume so many things like, but, but you know, I'm like, for me in my head, I'm like, man, I'm way too afraid to do that. But it's like, not, it's not about not being afraid. It's about being able to move forward in the face of that fear. Right. And I love how you called that voice in your head. Like you called it a lie, Mm -hmm. you know? And, yeah, because the truth, the truth of the matter is, like, it's only the truth if you agree with it. If yeah. you agree with that voice in your head, then it becomes the truth. But you can Absolutely. definitely give the middle finger to that voice and, and, and do it in the face yeah. of fear anyway, which I, I love a lot, man. And yeah, yeah, that's blessed, you know. Um, yeah, we talked a little bit about community with your involvement with Fireside and stuff like that. But, you know, the idea of community has become so important to me lately. And, you know, at least from what I can see on the <laughs> outside, it looks like you've really built, you know, this really solid team around you, man. Like, at least from, like, what I can see, right? And
1: mm-hmm. and I'm
0: curious, like, can you tell us a little bit about how you were able to, like, meet these people? How did you come across these people? How did you build this team? And, and like, how
1: did that all manifest for you? Yeah. I think I I... I thank this little like YWAM group a long time ago for so many things in my life. Mm. What, like one of the things it taught me is like you can show up to a place where you don't know people, but you just enjoy being around them, mm-hmm. and you're, you know, every single day you're with them. And what are you accomplishing? Like how much is your bank account growing the six months that you're there? Zero. Right. You know, like how much are you moving forward in this world, in the world's like definition of that? Zero. Mm but like how much fun are you having? (laughs) Like how much, how much are you enjoying life in those moments? And how much are you just like, just like a kid, you know, and Mm -hmm. just, and truly just, um, yeah, whatever that is, it became such a guiding force in my life Mm. for like groups that I would incorporate myself with going forward, relationships that I would invest in going forward. Um, and, you know, like people people getting around each other just to do something with each other even if it's not like you're using the other person as a ladder to move forward in life like you're literally just um, creating with them and just enjoying mm-hmm. the community with them and so when i came back pretty early on again that group socality was random like international group of just creators and mm-hmm. inspiring people they had these things called socality camp and so people would come from all over the world to um, be with each other, you know, take photos and just be creative, and and a, a world that's so digital, you know, social media, and we're all in um, interacting this way. It's like a, a moment again in the opposite spirit of that, mm-hmm. you know. Like I guess I say like putting the middle finger to something, like really, what it is is just coming in the opposite spirit of of something that is built up, and so that's what the Socality camp was, and yeah, like uh, me and Matt Zodeman, for example. Um, uh, Matt's the, the, the brother of John, who, uh, one of the two that started Socality. Mm. Um, we were just kind of in charge of music, you know? And, and so it's like summer camp when we're just running around, like setting up big PA systems and like, we're not getting paid anything. Right. Mm-hmm. But we're just getting to know each other and we're volunteering, just having so much fun. And, uh, again, like that, that type of a vibe being a guiding principle in my life, um, led to, you know, the relationship that me and him, for example, have now with him being, uh, you know, my key producer on a lot of my music Um, and met Dennis Hahn through him as well, who's a producer of the Don't Worry About Me album. And it kind of just stems from that. So it's like, I would say for people out there, it's kind of like an abstract answer, but like, there's the thing you want so you feel as though you should pursue directly at it and mm. build your network so that you can achieve things right. but it's like i would say hit it at a different angle just be in sp- in places with people that you just enjoy mm. and just enjoy their and enjoy being with them and from that place um oftentimes cool things will happen mhm and i i also hate that advice it's like non advice so people are like oh fuck you Jared like there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing useful in that answer at all but um you know also maybe be around people that inspire you mm-hmm. you know this who they are as a person mm-hmm. um and oftentimes people like that will also be like excellent at what they do right um so that's sort of how i've been able to find myself in this community and um you now for example like we're in the studio today me and Matt and like we made an amazing song today nice. <laughs> just like out of nowhere. It was just mm-hmm. like, there's something on it, you know, and super special. Like, um, and tonight I'll be at their place for dinner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like life can kind of be like that. Do I have my own locked door where I lay my head at night in my own personal space? Right. Yes, of course, you know, but is there this community expression too mm-hmm. that's rooted in, what I'm trying to do, like, career-wise, and right. you know, um, this sort of communal way of living that was modeled to me when I was over in Scotland, um, is is one of the, like, one of the best things I'd say about my life right mm-hmm. now. About my life, my daughter's life. She gets to grow up experiencing experiencing that as well. One hundred percent.
0: Yeah, it's 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 amazing. No, that's blessed, man. Like, I don't know. I think that there's a lot there. You know, like. Even at even at the at the beginning of that, like yeah, we're not getting paid for this, but like, I think that's a huge mistake that people make is like not being able to see an opportunity just because there isn't a paycheck attached to it. Yeah. Like, like you said, there's so much more that you got from those experiences. uh, That six months of time led to these relationships where now you're building with these people, or even just enjoying yourself, which I think is just an underrated thing, man. Underrated. The present moment is is fleeting, and if you can just like. I think for me at least, it's more important to enjoy life than it is to like get a bunch of stuff. Totally. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's like that similar path. Like for you, it was football, but for somebody it might be like, you're in a cubicle right now and you're trying to get a raise at this place that you hate. But like, you know what I mean? Like, what can you do to actually enjoy your life? Like what can you do to actually enjoy the mission that you're on? And, and I think community is a huge part of that. Um, Absolutely. Do you think you could have done it by yourself? Like do you think that you need to have people around you or, or like, do you feel like you can do it solo? Like what, what does that collaboration do for you in, in your life or in your creative process?
1: I would like to answer the question. No, I could not have done any of this on my own, <clears throat> but I would say that sometimes, you know, a hyper focus on the community can also be a bit of a hurdle,
0: mm.
1: you know, um, especially when you're surrounded by excellent people, you know, um there's sometimes things that you want to excel at yourself but you can when you're with when you're with amazing people you can kind of coast mm. and not kind of dig in and have that hunger yourself right. to do things on your own like I I really want to get a little bit more into being able to produce more of my own stuff mm-hmm. you know and that's always been something I've just never needed to do because I'm around so many right. talented producers and um and yeah it's again the whole story of like, oh, there was something that scared Jared. So he did it. End of story. Ugh. Not ever the case. right? You know, it was like something scared him that year. So he did that. Mm-hmm. Then something else scared him the next year. Mm-hmm. So he faced that. Mm-hmm. And then something else scared him the next minute. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he faced into that. And that's the story of everyone. Right? right. And then that's life. And someone can be like, well, that's life. Like that sounds miserable. Like mm-hmm. it's just this process of, um, being terrified by things and then digging into them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it, it, I think it, it connects to like the actual purpose of being a human being. Yes. And I think the purpose of, it's a super simple one in my opinion. And it's very similar to the, the purpose of a, a plant being a plant. Mm-hmm. It starts like this small seed and its entire purpose is to grow. Right. And that's it. Mm-hmm. People are like, Oh, that's sad. Like that's the whole purpose of, but I believe that's, that's the purpose of being a human being right we're just here to grow 100 percent.
0: and like when i hear that i don't think that's a sad life at all man like no
1: there's so much to that there's so much to that
0: like you know fear is just like an opportunity for you to kind of like strengthen yourself you know like there's so many thank you francis
1: for the water <laughs> i don't know why i but throat is so dry today. <laughs> just you got to stay maybe.
0: hydrated. If you're listening to this podcast, please drink some drink water. Drink lots of water. Um, I, I believe that God or the universe or whatever word you're comfortable with, there's a divine power that exactly, it's, it's our goal to grow. And, and you're going to get everything you need to do that, whether that's your community mm-hmm. or sometimes what you need is resistance. Mm-hmm. You know, just like if, if you're an athlete, you need resistance training to become stronger. Like yeah. sometimes these obstacles are actually for you. Like these these things that you're facing, sometimes. With fear. Yeah, I'm gonna say all the time.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say all the
0: time. <laughs> Every single time you're faced with resistance, yeah, it's for you. Like mm-hmm. life is happening for you, even mm-hmm. the hard things, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And and when you can embrace that, that's when you're I really like gonna that. start to grow. And uh, yeah, man. So I think that's such a blessed perspective. And, and
1: yeah, life is happening for you instead of a perspective of like life is happening to you. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I love that.
0: Yeah, and like. You know, something that's happening for you right now that I'm really curious about is, you know, the artist residency that you're a part of right now. Yeah. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about that? What exactly does that entail? And how did this opportunity Mm. kind of present itself to you?
1: It started, I think, from, I would say, like uh, uh, an organization, the the residence in uh, Marriott downtown and their leadership, uh, especially uh, Tim Ostrom, he's a GM there. And certain people just, I guess, being such amazing people. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's like this big fancy hotel, but at the core of that is, is people, you know? And people that care, people that care about creators and care about the arts. You know, if you go into their restaurant stable, they're featuring, uh, all of their mugs are made by a local potter, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just people that care. And I think that's the key to that residency. Because mm. for me, I was, I just came off the don't worry about me, you know, mixtape. And if you listen to a lot of the lyrics in that song, it's like I was going through a pretty dark phase of my life, right. you know, that ended up being the the most beautiful phase of my life by far. Mm. Um, but I guess a season of life where I just felt like I was just out there, you know, trying to like claw my way out of this, like, pit of mud, like, just mm-hmm. almost, like, desperation, kind of, like, this is just me in this world, and I gotta make, I gotta get out of this on my own, right, I gotta make this happen for myself, and now for my daughter, and mm-hmm. there's no other choice, you know, and for someone, like, in their boardroom, and I went through, you know, I applied, um, and then there was a, a committee narrowed it down, and then there was interviews, and, um, yeah, just for someone in a suit to be, like, hey, like, we want to help you. Mm. Like, I care about you. I'm just like, oh, Oh God. God. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just that alone, like, Mm -hmm. was so encouraging, I think, as a person, but then also just for my musical career, like, just to keep going. Mm -hmm. Like, we believe in you. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, and again, it goes back to that, like, I would say sometimes a little bit more North American mindset of, like, I can do this on my own. Mm -hmm. Like, we can't. You know, we try so hard and I thought I could, but I was just like falling apart at the seams. Right. right. And so that statement just sort of like undid me, mm-hmm. um, and really encouraged me. And they're like, yeah, you know, they chose me to come in and what it is really is that's what it is. It's it's them as a, as an organization, out, like reaching their hand out and be like, Hey, we want to help the arts community. We want to, um, we believe in the, uh, we believe in in the arts um, and artists in Calgary, local, local artists. Um, We want to do our part to help that community grow. And so, you know, it could, they could have a program that's a lot more like a cruise ship where like Mm -hmm. I'm there and like, I do perform live there and they do um, actually pay me as well to pay there to, to, they pay me to perform as well on top of putting me up in the hotel. Um, But they've made it so clear that their emphasis is on my creative process and what it is I'm actually wanting to create. That's so cool. Because that's more so their metric. Their metric is whatever my metric is.
0: Mm.
1: Right. And, um, and so that's, that's why I'm there, you know, building this first, like more full length album, mm-hmm. um, and building this music. And and it's just a, a space. It's an open canvas for me to create this album and there's little elements within it, like I guess the practical elements of the residency, that just make my life that much easier mm-hmm. while I do it. Right. They just help me, like, hey, you know, living um, breakfast in the morning, like somewhere to live, you know, breakfast in the morning. For sure. Like we just want to help you with that, you know. Cause we know that you're really digging into this creative process, and you don't need a room to stay at night. You don't need breakfast in the morning. Mm-hmm but here it is anyways. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then you're just like, I think we're sometimes uncomfortable with kindness or like, I know I am. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. Oh, like it's, it it feels the best and it feels the worst. It's like, you just want to help me. (laughs) Like like where, where are the strings attached? Right. Right. And there are none. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's super cool. And Mm -hmm. I think if more people, um, myself included can kind of rally around that, um, to support the arts in our city. We're going to see some amazing things happen. Similar to what you're doing with this podcast, you know. Right. Same kind of thing.
0: Yeah, man. I think that's that's so beautiful like you know, like I guess we touched on this a little bit, but you know, for for a lot of men in general, it's hard for us to ask for help.
1: You mm-hmm. know, I
0: think a lot of us we carry this this thing inside us where we believe that we have to be this Stoic person who has everything under control and we don't want anybody's help because it's our responsibility and we have to carry that but You know when we do get help, it it means so much, you know what I mean? And and I think you know, you don't give yourself enough credit for that It's like oh this person's being kind of course like this 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 organization or this institution is being kind to you and and offering you value and offering you help but you know You know this is something that I talked about on another episode which is like luck isn't just a bolt of lightning that hits you luck Mm -hmm. is when preparation meets opportunity Hmm. and you've been putting in the work man like you've been doing this thing and then now this opportunity showed up and you earned that (laughs) on a certain level right like without all the work that you've been doing without putting out the ep without like putting yourself into these situations of being more vulnerable and sharing your music and being more expressive of who you genuinely are this would have never happened for you man and so like the work that we do on ourselves is so important. We can't wait. Although it's very really important for us to be able to take help, we can't wait for help. Hmm. Like we it's 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 a mix of those two things. Like absolutely I see what you're saying. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you put in the work yourself but then also be open to help when it does come and be prepared to take that, right? Yeah. So I think that's blessed, man. And and I'm excited to see what you do with this residency and, and definitely like what you can do with all of these other things taken care of and letting your creative really, creativity really blossom. I'm I'm excited to see what you come up with.
1: As my hands are shaking. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Me too, man. Thanks.
0: Yeah, but like, you know, yeah, I wanna get into that a little bit more. You know, your upcoming album, you know, like how does working on a full length album differ from your creative process of like putting out singles and stuff like that? Like is there a different approach to it or how are you handling that?
1: I think, yeah, like the the obvious answer is is you have a a larger message you're trying to put out. And sometimes when you're trying to give a message, it's easier to tell it in story form. And that's where um, an album comes into play where you're actually, you're touching on different aspects of that message through each song. Uh, That's kind of the obvious answer. Um, But why in my life... Um, have I come to a point where I feel as though I have something to say? I think it really touches on a lot of what we've been talking about today, like a lot of lies that we just walk around Mm -hmm. um, in, in agreement with, you know, and another, you know, intentional attack of those lies and, um, and really trying to dig deep into the reality of, um, I think what, what scares me, um, especially in this time in my life where I've found myself, um, experiencing a new normal, mm. you know, as a, as a dad, um, as a, um, I'm not like a single dad, you know, and, um, who has a really great friendship and relationship with a uh, person I'm blessed to co-parent with, right. You know, um, just found found ourselves in a in a life position that's so much different from how I thought it would all look, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of at odds with this new reality. Right. You know the the world and what I thought in society or whatever is like telling me that this shouldn't be a space where I feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yet there's so many aspects of it that make me feel right at home. Right. You know, like looking in my daughter's eyes and just like spending time with her, I don't feel like things are out of place. Right you know, mm-hmm. but the world's telling me that they are, <laughs> mm. or I, I'm, I'm that voice of whatever you're, I don't know. It's telling me that it is. And so it's this constant battle to keep those voices at bay, to keep those lies at bay and to identify them for, for what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we can live that life that, um, that I believe we're meant to live, which is a life full of love, full of joy, full of freedom, um, Thriving and growing, you know L- that's what life is meant to be. That's what it was designed to be. I don't think it was designed to be this like uphill, never reaching um struggle mm-hmm. you know, one hundred percent man I yeah. think that's
0: I think that's beautiful. I think that's a beautiful intention to have with your music or with your expression man and and I agree wholeheartedly with all that stuff man i I really do believe that life is designed for that. For us to again like you said to grow whether that's like the obstacles or the lies that we have to face or the gifts that we've been blessed with that seem like it's just pure luck those things are all a part of our story and and that's pretty blessed man Mm -hmm. you know you've you know we've been touching on it throughout the our conversation but you know fatherhood it's such that it's like how how has that impacted impacted your life like you're a recent father you you just became a father last year right yep Yeah, yeah yeah so july yeah yeah, summer baby, summer <laughs> baby, exactly. Yes, yes. Yep. So like, yeah, you've spoken on it a little bit already, but I kind of want to dig deeper into that. Like, how has fatherhood kind of changed your life? Because it's different for everybody that I interact with, but I'm I'm kind of curious as to how you're experiencing it right now.
1: Yeah, I think what fatherhood is is you create this human being, who is completely in love with you. Mm. Like, and it's it's like, I don't know. I think that like who you're also in love with Mm. like what like when (laughs) does that ever happen Mm -hmm. you know um that's never happened in my life Mm. (laughs) until this moment and uh yeah like that's the aspect of fatherhood that i find the most like transformational Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. is like someone is completely in love with you and they just they see you and they just light up and every single day, you know, as much as you can, you're face to face with that. That energy, um, is so, so different. And so, um, I think that's really what it is. Right. Everything else, you know, fatherhood, there's a lot of like, you know, funny practical things of like, you know, just like learning new things, how to, you know, changing diapers all the time. And, you know, she's teething and um, we're trying to get her on a more consistent sleep schedule right, right. now. And, you know, all the, you know, parent banter that you sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> those aspects. But if I'm to drill like fatherhood down to like one thing, mm-hmm. it's the miracle and the magic of like that. Right. That thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, being face to face with someone who's completely in love with you. Right. And you're completely in love with them is so powerful Um, I could be having a tough day or whatever and it just deletes all of that in a second Mm -hmm. you know Um, it requires something of me for sure like I think to be a father is to choose to be a father right 100% but um, she she makes it a pretty easy choice to make Mm -hmm. that's for sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah
0: no I love that a lot man just because so much of our conversation has been based around fear as motivation. Yeah. You know, like coming face to face with fear all the time, but then in this new aspect of your life, you come face to face with love and that's a motivation in itself. Right. Totally. Like, I don't know, maybe you could speak onto this. Like, how does that motivation differ? Like from that motivation of love versus that motivation of fear for you like because like you said it requires something of you it's obviously motivating you in a certain way yeah do you feel like it fuels you differently the the motivation of love rather than fear or what's that experience like for you
1: Mm, to like break it down i guess it does move me towards action because what leads to my inaction a lot of the times is like self-doubt um i guess the opposite of self-love right but if you're looking at a kid who you're in love with and what they're saying to you is that you're worthy of love and I love you, who are you to reason with a child? It's like, they win every time. Like, right. clearly I'm worthy of love. Because mm-hmm. like, how could she be wrong? Right. She's so convincingly right. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know? And so now, here I am believing more in myself. Here right. I am now loving myself, which is sometimes, you know, off the record, sometimes a hard thing for me to do. Right. Um, and that just, I think, equips me as a person to accomplish a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. yeah, that's how love can push push you forward. Right. Yeah.
0: 100%. And I love how that theme of, you know, our inner child or that childlike energy continues to kind of come up in our conversation. And, you know, like like I said before, like our inner child is who we are at our core. And you get to see that mirror of yourself in your, in your daughter. And mm-hmm. like at our core, we're love. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the closer Absolutely. you can get to that to that love, that acceptance of yourself and Mm -hmm. all people. Like I have this saying myself, like love is the truth. And if it's not love, then it's not the truth. You know, we can make up so many stories like, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, this person did this to me because they're a terrible person, blah, blah, blah. But that's not the truth because it's not love. Mm
1: -hmm. Like
0: the truth would probably be like, well, that person, you know what? Maybe they went through something today or maybe Mm -hmm. they never got that when they were a kid. And so like that's love and that's the truth yeah you know so Mm -hmm. i love that a lot man those are that's that's a great lesson to learn from your daughter and she's super adorable as well she's super cute thanks yeah (laughs) she is so cute yeah um but i guess you know in in kind of preparing for our conversation today uh i I saw a lot of different content that you were making and one of those things are like you know you've covered a couple of worship songs Mm -hmm. and for me you know my relationship with God or my spirituality has been such a guiding force in my life. And I'm wondering, you know, what role does God or spirituality kind of play in your life?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think kind of what we were talking about, it's like, what role does love play in my life? Mm. You know, because that's that's what God is. Um, and as we've been talking, you know, like, love, love plays a major role in my life. Mm. Um, but for me, yeah, I, um, I think again, back to that experience I had as a 20 year old going to a place, kind of leaving everything behind, um, finding out that I'm actually loved and accepted and inherently valuable just for mm. being a child, you know, and for having breath, like this is where my value comes from. Right. It doesn't come from anything I do Right. And it also doesn't come from anything i do wrong like nothing is ever added or taken away from that inherent value that i have and that i felt so tangibly in that season of my life that hasn't really left me and so it wasn't so much of a passed down thing for me i guess it was more of something that really encountered me where it it just felt so right in my heart you know like Mm -hmm. wow i am i am actually valuable i am actually worthy of love um the power of that is what has led me to um anything like faith related in my life it's really not about a religion faith and god anything like that it's right. like this real encounter of something so so powerful mm-hmm. that's speaking a totally opposite message of this world mm. you know um that that literally yeah it guides my life and in um I'm definitely not a perfect person, you know. Um but it keeps me in a place of not hating myself for that, right? And not beating myself up for that. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of people are like, what's the purpose of religion in this world? To beat people up, right? And to make them feel like they're not measuring up, you know, this complete lie of what of what that is, right? Mm-hmm. Um Because just like anything, you know, it turns into a system of control hierarchies. And you're only good if, once you fill in the blank, then you, if you, like, you're not inherently valuable as you are just sitting there breathing. But if you do this, fill in the blank, then you will be, if you, then, if, then, if, then, if, then.
0: There's so many conditions on
1: that love. Conditional, right. Conditional love, which isn't love. Um, And that's the sad reality of I'd say organized religion, right. in general, right? If you, um, I think, at the core of all faiths is is love mm-hmm. at the core of it all, um, and then it drifts from there, right? Right? If you achieve, if you completely cut everything out, then you will, ach- then you will achieve nirvana, right? You know, if you, then you, or take Western Christianity, if you, then you, if right. then if it's like. Ah, there's something about me that's just, I think, for, and that's what people struggle with, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're slammed up against this force, it just says, hey, you know, child, you sitting there doing nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're so loved, you're so valuable. Mm-hmm. Let's enjoy this life. Like yes. my song, Garden, um, that's exactly what that's about. You know, it's the, the opening line it's not that you come to me, it's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't believe God cares about any religious thing or anything like that. 100%. It's not that we're doing things. It's how we are as we're doing anything. What's our What's the posture of our heart? Is it open? Is it childlike? Is it um, vulnerable? You know, it's like mm-hmm. that's how I would say God or love or whatever you want to call it wants us to be mm-hmm. in that in that place where... We're not so calloused and cold and frozen, mm-hmm. you know. And I think anyone listening to this would be like, "Hey," because for me too, when that when I encountered that, it's like, "There's there's nothing you can say to that." Right. That's the exact way every single human being on this earth. Um, that's what we all want, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm so for this. Like you can call like a message or like, I'm so for this reality that's literally for everyone. Yeah. Period. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Full stop. And that's why I don't really fit in, I think, to a more Western Christian mold. Right. I wouldn't say I'm an outcast, but like, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, when I think about the reality of that story, it has everything to do with this unconditional love. Right. And nothing to do with all of this other stuff that does not matter at all, does not matter at all, mm-hmm. you know? And with this type of a posture for my life, like, man, I meet the most interesting people all the time and they're just interesting because they're interesting. Right. I'm not like, Oh, Hey, you're, you have an interesting story. Like i want to get to know you so that I can make you not burn in hell forever. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's like, right. and someone's right. like, Oh wow. Someone who just genuinely cares about me. Like, this is great. This seems like no, there's no catch to this mm-hmm. until I found out there was. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> why does there have to be that that caveat always as right. people? Why can't we just let people into our lives, listen mm-hmm. to people's story mm-hmm. and just be love? Just like period. 100%. Like remove an agenda completely. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't apply to like the, uh, you know, this the structure of, um, 100%. organized religion that, that applies to, you know, your workplace, your, whatever arena you're, you're in that has a set of rules to where you're in or you're out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can apply that same principle and it just makes, um, A, you more, more successful in those arenas and B, it just a more enjoyable arena to be in. Right. You know?
0: Yeah. I love that a lot, man. That's a, That's a great perspective. And I think, you know, I, it resonates a lot because you know I'm comfortable with the word God but maybe that will have a certain connotation to somebody else like that and that might be a symbol of something else to somebody else right abuse right so many different things so yeah, many like, different things um, but you know just like you you know it sounds like you have your own relationship with the divine or whatever word you're comfortable with using God whatever and I think that's important to do to cultivate your own relationship and the things that you said about like you know how do you just be yourself? How do you have an open heart, et cetera? Like, I believe that we're all gifts in this world. Mm, Like, you know, you tell yourself like, oh, I'm not a perfect person, but what's to say that? (laughs) You know what I mean? What's
1: what's perfect? Exactly.
0: What's to say that you're not perfect? Like everything that, that you are, everything that like anyone is, is a gift and it's meant to be expressed fully in its most honest expression. And when all of us are truly ourselves and we're all bringing our gifts to the world and we mm-hmm. all can kind of create this place where everyone's welcome where no one's excluded because you see somebody yeah. else mm-hmm. as a gift just like
1: you see yourself as a gift mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and like like we're all in process right and perfection is the opposite of process 100 percent. opposite of growth 100
0: percent, man and
1: yeah
0: you know i guess i guess the the thing that spirituality or the divine has played in my life as well is like you know is is this is this ability to surrender, hmm. like to know that not everything is up to us, that like there's something yeah. that there's something else out there that we can just kind of like let go and exactly what you said like without having to do anything, you know, we can be loved and accepted and.
1: There's a movie uh, I think it's called Long Came Pauly and it's uh, mm. Paul Rudd and he's with uh, Jason Segal. And he's on the surfboard. Mm. And if you've YouTube that scene, I think it's the key to life. <laughs> Paul Rudd's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, all right, man, just you know, anyone who's tried surfing, it's nearly impossible. <laughs> and so he's trying to teach this guy how to surf. And you know, all the surfers are so laid back. And, you know, um, Paul Rudd's the like typical, you know, surf teacher. And he's like, All right, man, it's like just pop up. Mm-hmm. And so Jason Seagal gets up, and he's like, ah, that wasn't quite it. He's like, just do less. Mm. And so Jason Seagal lays back down. He's like, all right, pop up. And he tries to get over here, and he's just like, he's like, no, he's like, do less. He's like, do less than, he's like, do nothing. <laughs> and so he's like, all right, again, pop up. And Jason Seagal obviously just lays there, and he's just like, he's like, ah. Oh. He's like, now he's just doing nothing. He's like, you gotta do more than <laughs> And then he tries it again. And he's just like, guys, like, security's He's like, this is like, go surfing, but there's just something. Me and my cousin always laughing. Like, there's something so profound about mm-hmm. that scene. That like, we gotta do more. We gotta do this. It's like, nah. It's like you gotta do less.
0: One hundred percent.
1: Like you gotta <laughs> let go. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I love that, man. I love that. I actually yeah. remember that scene too. Yeah. <laughs> I really love that perspective, man. And, yeah. And you, honestly, you have such a, a well-rounded perspective, and and. And I really appreciate you, um, you know, coming here today, man. And I've learned so much from you and and just sharing in your energy. It's been blessed. Um, I'm wondering, you know, like you've been on this journey for a while now. And, you know, I was wondering if you had any advice for any upcoming artists, you know, whether that's about, you know, being vulnerable or something more practical. Like, was there something that you wish you knew before starting this journey that you can kind of share to like... The person listening to this who is also in the musical closet waiting to come out and and share their
1: their gift with the world well one person who i kind of came across you know with this posture of just um moving towards you know people that inspire me or opportunities that seem cool um through that i was i was blessed to meet uh, a guy named andy cohen at mm. first and uh, his business partner at the time um john cohen and so that's the president and ceo of fader magazine I later found out and um, so then they invited us down to South by Southwest to be a fader for it and you know these are guys that like mentored you know Drake Kanye West mm. Kendrick Lamar Frank Ocean Sisa Rihanna like everyone from a young age and um, have you know family type relationships with these people where they can just call them up if you know they have a family member that died or like anything like that um, you know Andy was telling me he was sitting with Kanye West and this kid came up to Kanye and was like hey you're that producer and Kanye was like someone recognized me mm. like they're just sitting on the street having a sandwich and this is kind of where fader encounters artists stories like right at the beginning when nobody knows about mm. them um and i was talking with him and i'm like andy i'm like what's the key to this like industry like this music industry and he's like he's like uh, from new york he's like you yeah, jared he's <laughs> like honestly he's like is your music good mm. or does it fucking suck <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but he's such an amazing person and um, there's something so profound about that answer that like the head of you can say like one of the heads of like the music industry can boil down the secret to the whole industry to like one simple thing Mm. and that is something that you can never skip or bypass as an artist Cause there's so many other options that are being offered to artists and people that care about music these days. Hey, do you want to get famous in literal seconds? Here's an app called TikTok, And, um, if you do the right kind of thing at the right sort of time, you can just blow up and get right. this like shortcut to fame. And isn't that what you want fame and people screaming your name? And like, isn't that actually what you want? And they're like, yes, that's what I want. That in the reality is that's not really what anyone wants, mm-hmm. you know? it's like that's so far from the essence of like the actual music itself because who like whose music ends up having shelf life and things like that is like people that are digging into the reality of who they actually are and their true life experience you know like Mm -hmm. like frank frank ocean or like i don't know you could go on down the list but it's like they don't care so much about the noise and what the result of the music is they just deeply care about the music itself Mm -hmm. and so if i were to give like a younger self advice I would just say like hey, what's your life look like right now and um encourage that younger version of, of me to just um be honest with that and to um make music from that place yes you know and and dig in like even just the music like when it comes to like music being really good um you know, I think when you're really digging into your love for music, you're actually practicing more. Mm. You know, because you just love it. Yeah. You know, there's an album called Geography by Tom Mish, and um, it starts with the song Paris. But before that, it's an intro to Paris, and there's a nice little monologue that I would encourage everyone to listen to. That truly does um, represent, you know, when you listen to Tom Mish's music and like how skilled of a guitar player he yeah. is. And he's not trying, he's not trying to like impress you so much with his voice, but you feel his music so deeply. Mm. Why? And again, I've been talking for 10 minutes about what fucking Andy Cohen just said was fucking good. <laughs> but that's what good is. Yes. Like you can break down that word, like good music in, into like a long winded answer because there's so much to it. Um, And if, and if you're digging into music in that direction, it's like, A, you're always going to enjoy it, whether you blow up or not. Mm -hmm. And B, you're probably going to blow up. (laughs) You know what I
0: mean? 100%.
1: Yeah. And if you're kind of going out at the other angle, you might blow up for a second or whatever that means, but you won't be happy with that result, even if you reach there and it won't last for very long,
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Man, I love that perspective.
1: So just, I think the message to any musician, but just also to any person like, what truly makes you, like you said, like, what truly makes you come alive? Mm-hmm. Like, do that. Um, because you're doing the world a favor. Um, you're doing yourself a favor. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I love how that just comes full circle, right? Like, at the beginning of this conversation, you're talking about how people are just always looking for what they can take. Like, oh, what can I get out of this thing? What what can music get me? Right? Like, where where can it get me? Where can this take me? And, like you know, yeah, make sure it's good. Make sure it's worth sharing. And the things that are worth sharing are your real authentic expressions, your real gift, what you're actually going through right now. Mm -hmm. And like, when you make music from that place, well then it's fucking good. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. With a folded piece of pizza, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Andy Cohen,
0: (laughs) man. Well, this has been so blessed, man. Thank you so much for just sharing your perspective and and where can people find you if they want to reach out to you or, or hear your music or learn more about you, man? It's like, where
1: can people find me? It's like, I'm hiding. It's like, <laughs> come find me. Uh, it's like, right now you can find me at the uh, residence in Marriott on 10th Avenue in Calgary. I'm performing there semi-regularly. Um, but digitally, you can find me, Jared C. Daniel, on Instagram and all the other platforms, Jared Daniel on Spotify um, and on your podcast. Bless up, man.
0: Thank you so much, Jared. I really appreciate you coming and doing this today, man.
1: Yeah, man. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's go. Bless up, man. Bless up. That was amazing, man. Yeah. Man. I-